Welcome back to the Rights and Liberties Podcast. We are discussing the Federalist Papers, and today we will take up Federalist 19. As is usually the case, we will organize the discussion around three big ideas. So, here are three big ideas about Federalist 19. Big Idea 1 concerns theory and practice, and the ways in which examples serve the more abstract ideas in the Federalist Papers. Big Idea 2 considers lessons offered by the Holy Roman Empire, as Madison saw, for what kind of government the USA should have. Big Idea number 3 is a lot like Big Idea number 2, but instead of the Holy Roman Empire, Big Idea 3 focuses on lessons offered by the Swiss Confederacy, as Madison saw it, for what kind of government the USA should have. Now, talking about Big Idea number 1, we often distinguish between theory and practice, and it is often a useful distinction. However, it's worth reflecting on the complementarity between theory and practice, the ways in which theory and practice work together. We see that in the opening paragraph of Federalist 19, just quoting Madison. The examples of ancient confederacies cited in my last paper have not exhausted the source of experimental instruction on this subject. There are existing institutions founded on a similar principle which merit particular consideration. This rhetorical inclination is characteristic of the Federalist Papers as a whole, I think, though perhaps not at every single moment. This can be elusive, because lots of the practice in question is historical practice, and it can be easy as a reader to lump history and theory together. But history described in this way, and very often as it's described in the Federalist Papers, serves quite an explicitly empirical purpose. One way to think about this is to recall that one of the most important American schools of philosophy is pragmatism. And if you stop and think about that, you may think it's a little bit funny. Pragmatism as philosophy. But the thought here is helpful so that we don't let the point of an essay like Federalist 19 slip away. The historical material that Madison discussed offers the empirical support that one might want for his theoretical argument. The examples are old, but they are nonetheless real-world examples. And it is often the case in the Federalist Papers that if a theoretical point is made, a historical example will soon follow. Big idea number two concerns one of those examples, the Holy Roman Empire. The emperor had been significant in Charlemagne's day, quoting Madison here. Charlemagne and his immediate descendants possessed the reality, as well as the ensigns and dignity of imperial power, end quote. It was a different story later, quoting Madison once again. In the 11th century, the emperors enjoyed full sovereignty. In the 15th, they had little more than the symbols and decorations of power, end quote. The Holy Roman Empire of Madison's own day, and if you're reading along, you'll note that he called it the Germanic Empire. The Holy Roman Empire of Madison's own day was an outgrowth of that earlier form. And quoting Madison once again, Out of this feudal system, which has itself many of the important features of a confederacy, has grown the federal system which constitutes the Germanic Empire. Madison then offered a detailed description of the duties of the offices of the empire. 
he suggested that the empire's fundamental principle was well worth consideration. Quoting him here, quote, the fundamental principle on which it rests, that the empire is a community of sovereigns, that the diet is a representation of sovereigns, and that the laws are addressed to sovereigns, end quote, made the empire both, quote, incapable of regulating its own members, end quote, and, quoting once again, insecure against external dangers, end quote. And we have encountered this idea in earlier essays, a sensitivity to a distinction between governing people and governing other political units. In this essay, this is explicitly expressed as an explanation of the weakness of the Holy Roman Empire, but I think this also allows the reader to infer a like argument against the American Articles of Confederation. Another of the themes that we have seen in earlier essays of the Federalist has been the tendency of domestic political weakness to bring with it international consequences. And quoting Madison on this, The history of Germany is a history of wars between the emperor and the princes and states, of wars between the princes and states themselves, of the licentiousness of the strong and the oppression of the weak, of foreign intrusions and foreign intrigues, of requisitions of men and money disregarded or partially complied with, of attempts to enforce them altogether abortive or attended with slaughter and desolation, involving the innocent with the guilty of general imbecility, confusion, and misery. End quote. These problems were not merely a matter of history as Madison saw it, and he described the military situation of the Holy Roman Empire in terms that may well have resonated with those concerned about the Articles of Confederation. And quoting Madison once again, quote, The small body of national troops, which has been judged necessary in time of peace, is defectively kept up, badly paid, infected with local prejudices, and supported by irregular and disproportionate contributions to the treasury. End quote. As with the history of the Holy Roman Empire, so too with its present, as Madison saw it, domestic discord may have wider consequences. Quoting once again, foreign nations have long considered themselves as interested in the changes made by events in this constitution, and have, on various occasions, betrayed their policy of perpetuating its anarchy and weakness. Big Idea 2 concerned the Holy Roman Empire as a real-world example. Big Idea 3 concerned the Swiss Confederacy as another example. However, Madison thought the applicability of this example limited in some respects. And quoting him on this, The connection among the Swiss cantons scarcely amounts to a confederacy, though it is sometimes cited as an instance of the stability of such institutions. End quote. And he cited several circumstances, such as topography, that made the Swiss example distinctive. Even so, he thought that there was an important lesson to be learned from this example. Quoting Madison on this, Whatever efficacy the Union may have had in ordinary cases, it appears that the moment a cause of difference sprang up, capable of trying its strength, it failed. The controversies on the subject of religion, which in three instances have kindled violent and bloody contests, may be said, in fact, to have severed the league. End quote. 
And a similar lesson is offered by this case as was offered by consideration of the Holy Roman Empire concerning the foreign policy consequences of domestic discord. Uh, back to quoting Madison once more. Quote, that separation had another consequence, which merits attention. It produced opposite alliances with foreign powers of Bern at the head of the Protestant Association with the United Provinces and of Lucerne at the head of the Catholic Association with France. End quote. Thank you for listening to the Rights and Liberties Podcast. For more about the Sunwater Institute, please visit us at sunwater.org.